When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The best defense in the NFL is pretty subjective. Uh, There's usually four or five that I think you can pick your poison with and choose that they're the best, and you can Mm -hmm. make your cases for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the case this year, but I think so far through 10 weeks, it's a pretty clear-cut number one. They're number one in total defense, yards allowed, 242 yards per game allowed. The next closest team is the Ravens with 272. They're 30 yards better than the next closest team as far as yards allowed are concerned. They're the number one pass defense in the NFL. They give up like 151 yards through the air every week. They are a little dipped down in the rushing category. They're like around seventh place there. Um, They allow just about 91 yards per game via the ground attack for the Browns. And then as far as points per game are concerned, they are the number six team in the NFL. They give up 18.9 points per game. Um, as far as you know, the analytic leaning goes, as far as EPA is concerned, expected points added, they are number one in that. As far as success rate is concerned for a defense, they are number one in that by a wide margin. They are number one in a ton of statistical categories, uh, but that yards per game, I know yards per game isn't really that great of a measuring stick anymore for defenses in today's Mm -hmm. day and age. Uh, People put up yards all the time on teams. It's more about how many points do you give up, how many turnovers do you force, but 242 yards per game total is still really impressive to me in the NFL. Uh, Like I said, 273 is next best, and that's Baltimore. That's That's a lot more yards. It's three first downs worth of yardage that the Browns are better than the Ravens at. Browns are also one of the, if not the best team at getting off the field on third down. They have a great third down success rate. How about this? The Browns offense has played almost 166 more snaps than the Browns defense so far this year. So when they get the ball on offense, they hold on to it. They wear you down. That's probably what helped Mm -hmm. it later in that Ravens game. Ravens were just beat up by the time the fourth quarter rolled around. But the defense stays fresh. They are able to get off the field. That's something T.J. Watt said that the Steelers' defense needed to do a better job on is getting off of the field. Mm -hmm. The Browns do that better than anybody. Um, Again, I know you're out there probably like, oh, come on, seriously, the Niners are a better defense, or the Ravens are, maybe the Cowboys. I don't think so, Steelers Nation. I think the Brownies, the mistake by the lake, Mm. have the top dog, no pun intended, defense this season in the NFL. And it's a defense that for the most part, is responsible for their 6-3 and three record and now is going to have to be responsible for them getting 10 wins, getting to the playoffs. It's, it's all or nothing on this defensive unit, and they're not healthy either. Denzel Ward, their best defensive back, hurt in the Ravens game, mm-hmm. hit in the head, bit of a cheap shot, to be honest with you, in the concussion protocol. Matt Williamson told me yesterday he thinks the only player that returned the very next week after suffering a concussion this year was Brock Purdy earlier in the season. 
So it's likely well. Well, it's likely that Ward's yeah. not going to play against the Steelers, and that's mm-hmm. a that's a break for the Steelers as well, right. uh, because he's all pro caliber in that secondary. Uh, but even if he isn't able to go, defense still scares you a lot this week. This is this is the best unit in the NFL on that side of the ball. I'm comfortable saying that. I mean, I've said it five times already in this one episode. Yeah, I mean, they have the stats and they have the players. I mean, even though Denzel Ward was a force. Uh, and he won't be out there. The secondary overall has been stellar, and Miles Garrett is leading that defensive front. Like you said, they're not as good as they are across the rest of the board as they are against the run defense, but Miles Garrett is making up for that by being the uh, tie for the league in sacks this year. One half sack ahead of T.J. Watt for that league lead. Without question, it's it's the best defense they've ever had. Especially since they've moved back from Cleveland, or I guess the franchise was revitalized to Cleveland after leaving to go to Baltimore. And it's a huge reason why they are at a 6-3 and record right now. Uh, without that defense, I don't see this team being anything close to the team, to that record uh, that, they, that they currently have. And to be honest, Tom, if Deshaun Watson went down and this team was mostly relying on its offense. If this team didn't have this defense that it currently has, I think the Deshaun Watson conversation becomes a lot different. I think we, we'd be looking at Cleveland and saying, well, yeah, now you definitely punt on the season because there's really no hope. All your your talent went out with Deshaun Watson. But the only, I think the only reason we're, we're, we're leaving the window open or leaving the door open for Cleveland to still sneak into the playoffs this year is because of this defense. And Miles Garrett, you know... Whether you get triggered like I do over the Garrett TJ Watt mm-hmm. debate, Garrett's been unbelievable this season. He's got 11 sacks. That is eight more than the next player on that Browns defense. That He's has, doing it all. That has mm-hmm. been a problem for them since Garrett's been there. Is it's been a good sack getting defense. They average 3.3 sacks per game. That's tied for fourth in the NFL. I think they're actually fifth overall in sacks right now. So they've always been good at getting after the quarterback, but it's been a one man show. And you thought this year they go out there, they get Zedary Smith, Smith, they got some guys that can help. He has three sacks, Zedary Smith, this year. Uh, It's kind of been the same song and dance. But I will say this, there are a dozen, dozen Brown players that have at least half a sack or more. So there is more coming as a Wealth is going around. Mm -hmm. But it isn't that Highsmith-Watt dynamic that they've never been able to have in Cleveland since Garrett got there. It's Garrett. And then it's a bunch of other dudes, eleven other dudes contributing to the sack totals. But Garrett's the one you got to worry about. Um, but as I was talking to Matt on the advanced scout, you know, we're laying out how scary Garrett is, how he's getting MVP consideration this year. He's front runner for defensive player of the year in a lot of people's minds this year. Um, every week, you know, that's the player that teams look at and they're like, "Oh Jesus, how are we going to do this?" But the Steelers have a really good track record against him, so. Yeah. You hear all this stuff, 11 sacks. They're, Jim Schwartz is moving him around now. He's lining up in the A-gap. He's on the right side. He's on the left side. You hear all this great things about him, and they worry you, but in the back of your head, you're kind of like, but the Steelers kind of have his number. The Steelers know how to neutralize him the best. Dan Moore has had really good outings against Miles Garrett. Now, Miles Garrett's not going to be going up against Dan Moore exclusively. They're going to be lining him up against Broderick Jones, too, in this game. Trying to separate, trying to you know get him in a favorable matchup. I'm very interested to see how the rookie handles you know really his first matchup with the defensive player of the year caliber player in the passing game. 
for the times that Garrett does line up opposite of Jones, but mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Lamar. You know, you you see these stats, you see these players right. that are MVP <clears throat> game changing forces, and you kind of just have a different mentality about them than the rest of the thirty teams, thirty the twenty nine teams in the NFL do, because you just for whatever reason have seen not just a random offshoot game of success. You have had a couple of games now where you can say there is a track record that we play Lamar Jackson well. There is a track record Mm -hmm. that we neutralize Miles Garrett better than anybody in the NFL really does. So it's foolish to not think about that as part of your analysis to stopping Miles Garrett is you might have the one team that is better better at doing that than anybody else in the NFL. And that gives me some hope because... You saw what he did in that Colts game for the Browns. I mean, he was just right. a that was wrecking that was ball. his uh, defensive player of the year. Like he was a wrecking ball. He can be a wrecking ball. <clears throat> he just hasn't yet against the Steelers and yeah. vice versa. As far as the rivalry is concerned between the two players drafted in the same class, TJ Watt Watt is a monster against. Yeah, the I have the numbers here. They've Miles Garrett's played eleven games against the Steelers. That's really that much. That's a lot. I TJ Watt's played eleven games against the the Browns, and so the same numbers, same number of games. TJ Watt has sixteen sacks against the Browns in, in eleven seven, games. In eleven games, it's seven for Miles Garrett in the same number of games. Yeah, sixteen versus seven. Less than a sack a game for Garrett. More than a sack a game for TJ. Mm-hmm. And he is more than double. Not, he is more than double the amount of sacks that Garrett has. It's not just the sacks, though. You, you remember the Baker Mayfield game in Ben's last season. T.J. Watt had four. Swatted three times. He swatted the ball down three times. He literally pointed at him and said, you're too small to be out here, bro. I think he had four sacks um, that day. Him and Highsmith just being wrecking balls against the Browns in the first week of the mm-hmm. season. They scored two touchdowns defensively against them. They scored 26 points. Their offense didn't snap the ball within the Browns' 30-yard line in that mm-hmm. game in week two. Uh, where Garrett disappears, Watt, and Highsmith, honestly, for that matter, too, just explode when they see that plain old crappy orange helmet lined up across from them. It, they love playing the Cleveland Browns. I'm watching the the hockey game last night, Jacob, and Sid, he goes bananas against Columbus every year. What did he do last night? Oh, he had a hat trick. trick. Four yeah. points total. Right. He loves torturing the Blue Jackets. There's just superstars just have those teams that they just have their number. For whatever reason, they just love being the boogeyman. And Watt and Highsmith, too, are certainly the Browns' boogeyman. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's weird how they do this. Like you brought it up with Lamar Jackson earlier. They do it for Lamar and the Ravens, they do it for Miles Garrett and the Browns. I don't know what the formula is to kind of negating this all star power with, with a with an edge rusher and a quarterback, but they managed to do it, and they managed to not allow that those guys to be game wreckers and the reason why the opposing team can beat them on a given night or a given day. So I expect now with P.J. Walker out there, and we know how just how banged up the Browns' offensive line is for this coming into this game, T.J. Watt could easily have another day where his, he's the better player on the field compared to Miles Garrett. I think he's going to. Um, mm-hmm. It's just uh, the track record's there for me to make that prediction and feel comfortable about that prediction. So I, I think it's going to be another big T.J. Watt game. Um, pu- I'll put it this way. I think T.J. Watt's going to have a big game. Do they neutralize Miles Garrett as effectively as they had? That's probably the one that I'm a little bit more up in the air in because he's, he's a great player. You can't keep great players down for that long unless you can. 
Darnell Washington's going to have to play a big role as well. Um, whether it's Garrett over Jones, whether it's Garrett over Moore, big Darnell is going to have to be out there and helping out a lot. Steelers have done a good job in years past of helping out on Miles Garrett. Now they got a stud. And Darnell, you know, as much as he hasn't been used in the passing game, well, he did catch a pass last week. And right. Did not what was go, that, his second or third pass not, caught all season long? Did you see the Packers trying to tackle him? <clears throat> Barely. They, they rode him yeah, out of bounds. Right. He could not go down. They mm-hmm. could not bring him down. They just pushed mm-hmm. him and pushed him and pushed him until he went out of bounds. Um, that part of his game may come down the road. You want to debate, you just used a fourth-round pick on a, a blocking tight end. Is that wise? We can have that debate another day. He's getting a lot better as a blocking tight end, mm-hmm. and he was already really good at that coming out of college, but he is establishing himself greatly in that measure. And Pat Fryermuth should be back in the fold this week. That's what most people are speculating. Right. Firemuth will be returning for the Steelers. Um, just quick thoughts on the injury front. Minka, a little bit more up in the air. That's probably going to have to be more of a game-time decision. You won't probably know about Minka until Saturday when Schefter rules him out or on Sunday morning when he gets ruled out or if he decides to give it a go. Uh, but Firemuth, barring any setbacks, and I, I say that because he did, remember, he did have a setback when he was scheduled to come back a little bit earlier this year and had to go back on IR. He opens his 21-day window. They expect him to play against the Browns. Um, Even with that being the case, you have your pass-catching tight end back. Darnell's going to have to be out there a lot in this game because you you need the help on the pass protection. And the running game, despite the big catalyst for me being Broderick Jones— I see Darnell Washington doing a lot of yeoman's work in the running game as well, and and him being another part of why that has just exploded onto the scene the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, Bob Labriola brought this up too. I mean, talking about Minka, talking about Minka. I mean, relating the injury to to Pat's injury. Do you rush Minka back this week, or do you hold off in fear of? repeating what happened with Pat's injury. Well, everybody's different. You know, uh, maybe Labs, Minka- Labs said he he stands by letting Minka take this next week because if he's on the fence this week, then he should definitely be back by next week. He should be fully ready to go next week. Labs is on the and side now of... now with Deshaun Watson being out, and this was probably even the case with Deshaun Watson playing, um, they need Minka in every game this year. But... They need him more against the Bengals than they do against the Browns, probably. Yeah, I mean, you're going to go up against Joe Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Tyler Boyd, even though he can't catch a touchdown to save his life. It's scary season thinking you won't have your best safety, your best defensive back uh, in that game. Yeah, I mean, you'll feel better because now you finally put out your best cornerback. Well, here's why I'll tell you why it's a little scary for this game, too. I think Minka is going to have to help the inside linebackers out a ton now down the stretch. Coming down the box, uh, yeah. Keanu Neal as well. Mm-hmm. And Minka being back there allows Keanu Neal to jump into the box. And him not being available or maybe not available for this week against the Browns, um, I am worried about what that means for the inside backers, the help that they might get from the safety position, the help that they can get from the safety position um, Steelers is going to bring up Mikel Walker from their practice squad. Played for the Falcons last year. He had over like 100 tackles last year. So it's a head-scratcher why he was only able to find a job on the Steelers practice squad. Um, but there's obviously a reason for that. 
I don't know if it would be that far-fetched to throw him out there over Mark Robinson sometimes. He's a much more experienced linebacker in the NFL. He's been there, done that. Uh, I think Mark Robinson's going to get the first crack at things, but do not be surprised if you see Walker start working his way into the game if things are going south for Roberts quickly. Uh, for Robinson, excuse me. Roberts will be mm-hmm. out there all the time. Uh, he's their best linebacker right now. But that that safety help was something that I was so curious about to try to replace Holcomb, Quan Alexander's production. And if Minka ain't able to go, then it's just another week where I just don't know if you can have your full complement of safety help in that inside linebacker. So that scares me this week, especially with David Njoku coming off of uh, three of his past four games being for 50-plus yards. He hadn't gone over 50 yards for any of the games prior to that stretch. So he looks like he's waking up. And but he was the his quarterback on those couple of games, right? Right. But tight ends can be quarterback's best friend. Especially sure. quarterbacks easy, that are, you know, Easy big, over the middle. Big right. arm quarterbacks mm-hmm. like uh, P.J. Walker. And the other thing with Walker, too, uh, Amari Cooper is a stud. I mean, that is a great acquisition from the Cleveland Browns. Sure. But now the Steelers have someone that can go toe-to-toe Well, this is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Very good segue, Jacob. What do you think that matchup's going to look like? Is Joey Porter Jr. going to follow Amari Cooper, or is it going to be left-right oriented like the Steelers have liked to do for the past couple of years? And they liked they they let Porter Jr. follow DeAndre Hopkins, and it wasn't like every single play he looked at where ten was and he followed him. But third downs, passing situations, he was on DeAndre Hopkins every time. He went to Coach Tommy and said, "I want that assignment," and they gave it to him. Mari Cooper's in that same, he's cut from that same cloth Mm -hmm. as DeAndre Hopkins. He's a superstar caliber wide receiver. Do you let your young quarterback follow? If we see him follow Cooper Jacob for the most part in this game, then that tells me that moving forward for the rest of the season, for the rest of Joey Porter Jr.'s career, they will treat him that way. He is a guy who takes away your number one threat. I could see it going both ways, and I'll give you my reasoning. One, I could see Joey Porter Jr. doing. I could see Joey Porter Jr. doing the exact same thing he did against the Titans, going to Mike Tomlin and saying, "Give me number nine. Give me Amari Cooper. Number two. Wow, yeah. sorry, wasn't he number nine in Dallas? I Probably think. Probably not. <laughs> okay, going up against Amari Cooper. I don't care left, right. Just give it to me. The other way I could see this going is even if he did say that with P.J. Walker at quarterback 
I can maybe see Tomlin saying, I hear you, and for the most part, I'll let you cover with him, or I'll let you cover him. However, I think given the quarterback situation, we're going to be able to move you around a little bit more to our benefit, not so much the Browns' benefit, You make you a little bit more versatile to us rather than just keep you on a guy who may not be getting the ball all that much given the quarterback situation. I follow him. I follow Cooper. Mm. I, I think you finally have a, a defensive back that can do that. You finally have a guy who, you know, either way you put it, if he's on the right side the whole game, then he erases that side of the field. No, I want. I think you have a guy that can erase a number one threat. Yeah, I'm with you. Teams. But don't you think with this quarterback playing, there's not as much of a need? I mean, maybe, maybe if if, but see, if maybe you just cut the head off the snake even more. Yeah, there, right. Because Cooper's the best target for Walker. If Walker's got to be looking at us, Elijah Moore all game long, right? Beat us with PJ Walker throwing to everybody else except for Amari Cooper. But if I were the Browns, my game plan now especially would be runs to the outside. Make Joey Porter have to tackle Jerome Ford. Mm-hmm. Make Pat Pete and Levi Wallace have to tackle Which Jerome they cannot Ford. do. They, all three of them struggle with that mightily. Uh, for some reason, the Steelers really only like to accent uh, Porter Jr.'s struggles in the tackling game. But Levi and Pat Pete are just mm-hmm. as porous in that category. So Brown's game plan, that has to be it for me. you got to run, and you got to run outside. Because if yeah. you get one-on-one with one of these corners, Jerome Ford's going to break that tackle. You know it's funny that you say that? How many times have we going, gone into a Browns week and said, Kevin Stefanski, just run the ball? Whether it's Jerome yeah, Ford true. or Nick Chubb or... Maybe he's forced to this Or week Kareem Hunt. No matter what you do, just throw the football and he still doesn't. Well, maybe he's, or run the football and he still doesn't. He, 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 he has to be forced to this week. There's no way that his hand is so? forced with the Watson injury. You think so? Yeah, you're right. I mean, he is a zigzag kind of coach where he might be thinking, well, everybody thinks I'm going to run the ball now, especially with P.J. Walker. Let's go three straight pass plays. I don't think it would be terrible to get everybody in tight, first play of the game, hard play action, take a shot at Amari Cooper. Like, I don't think that's a terrible idea because everybody's expecting you to run probably. But, yeah, he, he's got to have a voluminous run running attack uh, against the Steelers in this game. And Jerome Ford's been doing a really good job filling in for Chubb. He has, like, 4.4 yards per carry on the season. Yeah. Uh, Chubb, or Hunt's got 3.3 yards per carry, but it's been Jerome Ford that they've been really riding out, and he's been doing a good job. He's been doing, let's put it this way, he's been doing enough of a job that they haven't really been lacking in the rushing game. They're like the second-best rushing offense right, in football Right, you haven't still. noticed a, a drop-off despite the fact that Nick Chubb isn't there. I still don't know if I trust Kevin Stefanski, though, to do the right thing here. No, that's definitely a matchup edge for the Steelers, the coaching matchup, Tomlin over Stefanski. Um, Tomlin really has the edge on everybody in the AFC North. Harbaugh and him are kind of the same exact person. But Tomlin's won like four of the past five matchups against Harbaugh and the Ravens. Um, One last thing I want to talk about with the Browns. Uh, When you try to make heads or tails of how the Steelers are 6-3, and it's all about the turnovers. They don't turn the ball over on offense, and they get the most takeaways in the NFL on defense. And analytically, there was a chart that was getting passed around, Jacob, and uh, it was XY axis, and one axis it was uh, I saw this points off of points turnovers, gained off of turnovers, and then, and then points, points given you away, surrendered on your mm-hmm. giveaways. Steelers have given up the fewest points on their giveaways this year, and they have scored the most points mm-hmm. on their takeaways. You want to be in the top right corner of that graph, and they are—they are almost off the screen. Mm-hmm. That's how great they are at this. Sustainable? Yeah, well, I don't know. 
But they're ahead at like teams in the top right quadrant where you want to be. You're looking at the Niners, the Bengals, the mm. Cowboys, like teams that people think are great. And the Steelers are head and shoulders above them. So that's their best thing. Right. It's not like they're all the way on the right, but kind of middle, middle on of height. the pack when it comes to giveaways or mm-hmm. whatever. No, they and don't. it all, I mean, this obviously all stems from doing a great job of turning the ball over. I think they're top five in turnovers force, forced, if not top three. And they're also top three in takeaways uh, or, 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 or giveaways on the season. Not forcing those giveaways. They're plus 10 in turnover differential. Yeah. The Browns are minus four. But the Browns have 15 takeaways. That's a ton. Yeah, it's only absolutely. a few less than the Steelers. They're a ball-hawking defense. They have 19 giveaways. That is the most in the NFL. It's amazing that they're 6-3 and three when you look at that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the fact that their defense has 15 takeaways, the fact that their differential is only minus four is a miracle mm-hmm. right now and, and probably keeping them afloat. They turn this sucker over. Remember what happened in week two? They threw so many interceptions. Right. They missed a field goal. They went 0 for 2 on fourth downs. That's like six or seven turnovers when you, fa- I mean, they don't count as turnovers when you miss a field goal or you go 0 for on a fourth down. But it's just as good as a turnover. It's just as good as sacking a quarterback on fourth down and turn for some, you know, a turnover on downs. Like this to me for the Steelers is how they win this football game. They're going to force the Browns into some turnovers and they're going to protect the dang football. And if I were the Browns and for every other team for that matter, I would just be drilling into my team. No risky passes this week. Mm-hmm. Hold on to the football. The Steelers win because they turn us over. Even Trevor Lawrence in a game that the Jags won turned it over in the red zone a couple of times. Right. I would be drilling into PJ Walker. Burrow next. You don't have to drill anything to Burrow next week, but every quarterback moving forward, I'd be like, do not turn it over. We can win this game 16 to 10 if we don't turn it over. That's the key, I think, in all of this. If the Steelers can force turnovers and do their thing on offense where they protect the football from a, a ball hawking defense themselves, then I think that the Steelers will end up winning this game. As a result, do you not see this being another quiet game for Kenny Pickett? Because I'm sure Mike Tomlin's well, saying he's to be his, conservative. I think I'm saying, yeah, exactly. I bet you, at some capacity, at some point, Mike Tomlin's going to go to Kenny and say, "Hey, our defense is as good as anyone at forcing turnovers, and their offense is the bottom of the league in terms of force or er, er, giving the ball away." Don't go out there and be the reason we lose because our defense can win you this game just like they did in week two. So that might that might lead to a pretty quiet game once again for Kenny Pickett. Check out Yin's Chat's regular season challenge each week. Answer Steelers trivia and make game day picks for a chance to win signed helmets, jerseys, footballs, or even a trip to the 2024 NFL Draft. You log into the Steelers mobile app now and play for a chance at this week's prize. It's a mini helmet signed by Jalen Warren. Wednesday's question James Ferrier or Jack Lambert, most tackles in a Steelers game versus the Brownies. And then Thursday's question, TJ Watt or Jason Gilden, most sacks in a Steelers game versus the Brownies. I think you can figure out who that one is. That should be pretty fresh in your memory. It should be. I think I just (laughs) gave it away. Pretty special edition of Power Rangers coming up next. Got some surprises for you, so keep it here on the Steelers Standard. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.